My name is Mark Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. <laughs> and this is... Puppies and watermelon. Puppies and watermelon. I, I, I was just going to let you keep on doing that for a while. <laughs> I figure whatever sound I make will get edited. <laughs> hey, Copes, how has it been? It is fantastic. I got everything I wished for, but a little bit more, which we'll come to shortly. But we are the invincible country that is Australia and the invincible state that is the most remote state in the world has gone into lockdown. I mean, at this point, like you're two lockdowns behind me. We're on lockdown number three. And you're in it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, we're, 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 it should be ending soon, hopefully. But we don't know what the rules are anymore. But let me let me get this. So, so for those who are either not listening from Perth or listening in the future, why didn't you explain very quickly what you mean by Perth having gone into lockdown? Well, up till now. And when I've been watching you and you've been talking about all your rules and that, we've we've very largely been living life as normal because the benefit of being a remote country that no one really wants to go to is that we don't really have passageways, much passageways of people. It's like your country, your country is basically a gas station for to like en route to somewhere else in, in the world. It's like popular. And so- by hook or by crook, we had a bit of rough, rough one at the start. Like, not not locked down, but just uh, you know, encouraging everyone to stay home. So, this was the first time that we got the the instructions and the law, I guess it is, to stay home. But it was because there was a, a hotel um, worker that got the um, got COVID, got tested positive. But that was after a few days off and he'd been around town and gone all around the place. And so the fear was that in that time, you know, over Australia Day and, and all this, that it spread further. So just on the spur of the moment, it was a five-day lockdown to like, uh, I guess, contain it and see what happened. And today's day five. And as it turns out, um, it didn't spread to anyone, like not even his housemates, not even the places he went to or or anyone else at work. So like in a few hours, our, our thing's gone and it, it, there's another week of of um, wearing masks, but it just came and went so quickly and very like it, I wanted to know what it, what it felt like, but it also didn't happen because day one about, I don't know, six hours into it, a fire started in the Perth Hills and a large fire, probably the biggest one that I've ever been um, been involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's spread all the way to- Just didn't make news here. <laughs> yeah, like big big east past, um, it's just uh, past like, or quite, quite inland. Like it's probably like 30 minutes um, up the hill and out and it's gone all the way to Ellenbrook and- could just going through all the national parks all the way up to um like on route to Joondalup, like massive fire. And I think like at the moment 80 houses lost lost, no deaths, but like lots of evacuations that um that people knew about other people and had to help them out. But the weird thing is that it's COVID, so you can't like physically go somewhere to help them, but you have to like talk over the phone or or just be remote support, which is very weird, but um, yeah, big, big fire, big fire. So that was very stressful. So like every night, it's a there's been a COVID update and bushfire update because um, yeah, yeah, like even even wow. suburbs, people in suburbs had to evacuate because like uh, it could could spread. I mean, I, I had no idea that there was a massive bushfire going on. Hey, that have, hasn't a the, um, have, have a look at some, was, some maps online. It's pretty crazy. I was there was me about to crack some jokes about how your lockdown is so much, you know, cruisier than ours, and how oh for sure com- how com- how competent your uh, local authority is if they went oh we've had a case let's lock everything down as opposed to our uh, entire government it was like well we'll just wait and see how much the economy drops first before we start telling people to maybe stay at home. Yeah, I think we've we've had the benefit of of seeing because we've been on the tail end of everything. You kind of see 
other countries and I think they're trying to learn from other people's mistakes, I think. So, but, but you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was unanimous, unanimously agreed upon because um, it's, you know, people are saying, what are we going to lock down for every, every single time one person has it? And I think their impression is like, yes, we will. So it, it's, you know, it works, but it's disruptive, but it can be more disruptive to not like it's hard to keep everyone happy, but I'm, I thought it was done well. And, um, yeah, I guess proof's in the pudding. Like it's uh, worked out. So we're just very lucky, very, very lucky. But still stressful oh, yeah. week. So we got to enjoy being at home but had to keep working and then have a bushfire. So it, was, it wasn't even a relaxing one at all. Oh, God, that's that's not good. No. No, it, it's uh, – oh, wow. The uh, pictures look pretty doomsday. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Very weird. Like we had all, all smoking out through the city, um, just for one day, which is luckily. But man, it makes you think how. Because I remember the East Coast had big fires on start of last year, mm. and of course it was all over the news. And and but I don't think you really understand the true extent of it until you're there. Like, learned a lot about how it's reported, how it's how it spreads, and how like you can track it online. Like it's pretty. It's pretty cool that you can you have a lot of information at your disposal, but also if you're in the line of fire, it's pretty hard to like get out your phone and look at look at changing maps. So there's kind of like a a disconnect of the information people need and the information that's easy to get. I don't know. It's weird. I feel bad for you guys now. I'm and I'm sat here just going, it's cold and wet. <laughs> Let's forget about the bush because in in all respects, like the. Firefighters did a great job because I think they they prioritised saving people over houses. So while houses got lost, um, they managed to do their their primary goal, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So feel free to take the full Mickey out of out of our lockdown. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even. Yeah. Well, I when I first heard about the Perth lockdown, first the first thing I heard was there's going to be one, and then I, I thought, oh, so you haven't had one already. And then I read in uh, reading a report about it, and it says they've had a case, and I that was, was a bit confusing. I wasn't sure that was right, but it is just one person that's tested positive for it. Yeah. Wow. Like, it, I mean, the cases are dropping here, but they're in like the tens of thousands a day. <laughs> it's like and, this is why I get like I wanted to record while we're at least in it because it is a very big snapshot. Of of least some like this is the first time we're both in it. It's weird to think that this entire time, as the UK's just had to keep on like closing down, open up, closing down, close, open up, closing down, open up. It was weird to see pictures of like people just in bars. Yeah, very like, much. Like it seemed weird. The I mean, I kind of get it because it happened here as well. But when people said you're going into lockdown, and what did a lot of people do? They went, oh well, better go to the pub for the last time then. Yeah, the unfortunate thing was. Um, while the smoke was all over the city, it was hard to put the aircon on. So it was a hot day. You don't want to put the aircon on because it brings smoke in the house. And then, so you're just sitting there oh, sweltering. Bit brutal. Not allowed to go out. Not like, yeah, not allowed to go out. Yeah, can't hang washing up. So like, like had, you know, oh. down to the last shirt. But like, that's first world problems for sure. It's, it's, it's but the thing is, like, there are first world problems is, oh no, I had to, stay inside for a day but then you're also thinking about like no, that's that's some serious stuff like there's a pandemic going on and bushfires mm-hmm. uh, on the list of end of the world bingo you know you've got a couple of couple of squares <laughs> gone there that's it uh, it is like we want to um so for instance we during this next week um we have to wear masks yes this is the first week that people in w like in my city of um worn masks out like if you wore a mask out you'd probably looked at strangely like even not even not everyone was even sanitizing or scanning in it was just the few mm. that were cautious and so at least now it's normalized like mask wearing and hopefully should i think because the, the app scanning is that like location tracking is now like mandatory so at least um Things are changing in that respect. But we are interested, like, because I, I want to occasionally take, I'm very conscious, I want to take photos personally because you see it on the news, but, like, I want a bit of, a bit of like, uh, 
archival footage for myself. So because uh, everything's opening up, we've gone onto the beach probably tomorrow. And but outside you have to wear masks, so um, we're going to be sitting on the beach with a face with like with a mask on. So we're, we're probably the first country that will have like suntanned face mask area, like a like a bikini tan, but a face mask tan. It's going to become like a thing where you have to instead of just being a hat, like you're encouraged to wear masks as well just to keep your sun off your chin. <laughs> yeah, no, no face masks, no play in school. When masks came in here, it was seemed to be quite slow to adopt them. And I, I'm talking about we had quite a lot of cases before we were told you have to wear them in shops, for example. Um, I I remember only a couple of days before that deciding, oh well, I should probably start wearing one in a shop anyway. Um, and then like feeling weird wearing it as mm-hmm. like because I was you know. N- the majority of people weren't wearing masks. Uh, and I thought, no, I'm just going to start wearing one so that other people see people wearing them and then it starts getting more normal. And then mm. a couple of days later, it became like, a, you have to wear masks and things. And only once so far have we gone out and we've suddenly gone, oh, wait, did we actually bring any masks? Most mm-hmm. of the time, like we just left masks in the car and stuff. Um, and it's going to be weird to get back to that not being the case, presume, which... Hopefully it will eventually happen, especially now the vaccine's been rolled out and the UK now has over 10 million people having had a first dose of the vaccine, Whoa. which is great. Think yeah, zero, like, yeah. I, I mean, from the sounds of it, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think your Australia is very high up on the list of we need to get the vaccine no, done. I don't think it should be like, It's you in like, New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm fully in support of that. Like, we should be last on the list because... <laughs> It's nowhere near as like I, we should get it, shouldn't get our knickers in and out about it. Yeah, I mean, once you've got the most at-risk uh, people vaccinated, then it's not. It seems like you guys have got pretty, you know, pretty on top of it, and those vaccines could be used elsewhere. Yeah, but, sure. um, it's definitely in a weird place where we've now, like, we could potentially be uh, past the halfway mark on this. Oh. I mean, there are times where we like at the beginning of the pandemic so I'm thinking around April time when I was like yeah it'll blow over in a couple of months people will be smart and stay at home and we'll, won't transmit it all over the place and then oh boy was I wrong <laughs> um, so we could we, it's easy to look at it now and go oh well, yeah, well the vaccine will roll out and everything will be fine and it'll, all the cases will go down and then around the corner we'll have a new variant or something that will make it even worse I did have a very, a not very fun phone call at work where we were speaking to a South African client and mm. just at the end of the call, we're just having a bit of chit chat and they said, oh, well, at least you guys haven't got your own variant, You're right. uh, which is how I found out, which is how I found out about the South African variant. And that was a very awkward moment where myself and my colleague had to go, oh, you've got one as well. So I feel like that's going to be the new, the new news thing. I, yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, right. if, if they haven't got to Australia, that's good. But we, I think we've got all three of the, uh, I don't know, is it three or four new variants? Two from Brazil, one from South Africa, and one from Kent. And so far, they think <laughs> that the vaccine is going to be okay. They don't call it an English variant. It's a Kent variant. Is that right? <laughs> I, I think, I, I have a feeling outside of the UK, it's called the English variant. <laughs> I don't think everyone calls it the Kent variant. But I love that's, like- that's just how it works. Kent property prices plummet. <laughs> the naming convention. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for Kent. Well, they're old Kent Road. Like they're the cheapest bloody property. They they get no love anyway. It's no wonder they're first off the rank. Well, anyway, hopefully, I hope everyone listening is safe and well. And that's it. Well, by the time this episode goes out, who knows? The world is either cured or we're- wouldn't be the first time we've released an episode of very poor timing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, when you're talking about bags, we um, the list of things are growing about when you go leave the house. Like, before it was like, got your wallet, got your ID, got your phone, got your keys, got your green bags for shopping, got your hand sanitizer, got your face mask. It's starting to, like, uh, you need a backpack soon or a bum bag. It's just saying. You need a bug out bag just to go to the shops. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not hoping this is going to happen for many reasons. But at what point does it start becoming more like fallout where you're not just going out saying, I need to take a mask and a bag. You're starting to be like, well, I need to make sure I've taken extra 
an extra f- cherry can of fuel. I need to take some <laughs> more a shotgun, <laughs> some more uh, water, first aid kit. <laughs> yeah, plenty of water, like some rations in case some morphine to trade with. Yeah, yeah, and cinnamon to pass <laughs> with or something. Like that. That's Gar- yeah, gar- garlic to get rid of the zombies or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. The only lockdown story we've got from here, apart from the fact that it's calming down, is that I had my first time. And hope it's a feeling that I hope I don't have to have again. But I had a feeling when I was driving home about how, working out how I was going to wash my shopping because I'd gone to the <laughs> shop to go pick up some bits and uh, walked in, picked one thing up, and then thought, oh, I could probably do with a basket. Turn around, see someone drop a basket, put it back on the thing, and then without even thinking, just pick up the basket that the other person has just dropped because they picked up two and the other one fell off or something like that. Because mm-hmm. that's just what you do. You're like, you don't, I wasn't I wasn't thinking to myself, someone else has just touched that basket, I better not touch it. I just went over and just, just picked up the first Picked one off the thing. And then I, noticed, then I noticed that they were wearing their mask off their ear, had a runny nose, <laughs> and <laughs> was using their hands to like, ooh, to like, you know, like a, someone with a cold. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you go out in that condition? And also, why aren't you wearing a mask? Or properly. Um, so then after this, I just... Uh, I, it, it didn't even clock to me until I was halfway through the shop. Well, in fact, I think I was on most of the way back to the car before I thought, wait, hang on. They were the person that picked up the basket before me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just driving home going, do I actually, like, what should I do about this? I don't really want to bring anything into the house. So I had to call home and just say, like, can you have some hand sanitizer ready so I can clean everything up and, hand- and sanitize the car and stuff? So far... Uh, it seems to have gone well, but it, that's because I got home, had some hand sanitizer, cleaned the car, cleaned the shopping, cleaned my hands, and was, like just very careful about it. It's so anxiety driven. Yeah. Like you know, two years ago, you would say that person's a germaphobe. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. the germs is what's very deadly now, so you have to be a germaphobe. So it's weird that you do or your you have to do actions that you would normally laugh at yourself, but is very oh, it's, risky. It's so extreme as well. It, it's so extreme that you're there thinking, like, I was there trying to make sure I didn't touch anything else in the car. So when I got back, having already, you know, used the phone to to uh, request help, as it were, I just sat there holding onto the steering wheel, like, making sure, because I was thinking to myself, else. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do something really stupid and, like, just touch my face or something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it after a while, I was there, so I had, you know, I'd... Like I've never had to use I've never used hand sanitizer to clean a bag of crisps before, which by the way is not an easy task. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was there afterwards going, there must be at some point where I can just go, well, I've done all I can. <laughs> like my clothes. Mm. I was I, I was going through the mental checklist, like, did I get anything out of my pockets when I was in the shop? No, I paid for this. Oh yeah, I think I think it's interesting that it's taken this long for me to do that because it was the kind of thing where we were told at the beginning like uh, uh, being locked down, they're like, oh, make sure you wash your hands when you get home, change your clothes and stuff, which is interesting. Those kind of things seem to not be part of the message now we're getting. We're just getting wash your hands, cover your face, and give, you know, stay away from other people. There is an interesting, um, so after the announcements on TV, there's obviously the reporters ask questions, and by gee, did I get in a bad mood just listening to the dumb questions? But they're just like, <laughs> There was one ruling which I, I'll, I chuckle at because it's it's what I kind of agree on. But um, so, for instance, next week you're allowed to go to a restaurant. And so the the idea is that if you're going to a place, it's seated only because you can you normally go in there with friends or family. You're a little bubble. Whereas yeah. if you're standing, that's dangerous because you might be mingling with other people you, you don't know, and that's why um, that's a problem. So that's why it's sitting only, and that's why you wear a mask. Um, except when you're eating and the people are like, is it going to, it's, it's going to be difficult to like drink a beer while with a mask on or like the serious questions because <laughs> it's the answers were all like, it's common sense, like take it off, eat, put it back on, blah, blah, blah. But one of the announcements is that dancing is now not allowed, which I'm very excited about. So you can't Great. dance except at a wedding. So wedding dance. Um, or, or a gym class, 
which is allowed. And I presume funerals, because usually weddings and funerals are together. So they didn't say it, but I'm presuming you're allowed to dance at a funeral. Often on the same list, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to say that you're allowed to dance at a funeral. But apart from that, dancing is not allowed, which I am all for not being a very good dancer. I'm so happy that it is now outlawed, and I would encourage this to last as long as possible. It's a weird it's a weird thing to say in a press release. Like you can't do this, you can do this. Oh, by the way, no dancing. Weird. Like we're we're sat here and then people are being told to like not go out and uh meet people in the park and stuff. And then for you guys it's just oh well I mean, yeah, go out, but don't go dancing or anything. Like, <laughs> don't just- don't take the piss. This hasn't come like as far as I'm aware, this has like the idea of is dancing allowed has not come up at all <laughs> UK. Like I no love that when he said it. suddenly thought, like, oh well, you know, it's alright if you go to a restaurant, but oh no, dance like what? I love that it's come what up in situation conversation. Are you like, be in where it's okay to do that. Like I think yeah, say, like you can go to a bar, but you have to sit down. Oh yeah. god. And then someone's in the back going, but Minister, what about dancing? Are they allowed to dance? Hmm. No. No dancing. That's, That's all, yes. I feel That's like a lot of this stuff is where they're trying to like come up with some kind of gotcha where they're like, oh, but what about <laughs> people who need to be able to do this? And the answer, and when they get the answer back, they're just going, just don't. Uh, <laughs> and then they act like they've got they're, they're, like their civil liberties have been taken away. Like, well, the, the whole idea that you're not meant to be going out if you don't need to right now is kind of doing a lot of damage to that. But you have to. <sighs> It's uh, anyway no, it's, dancing. I mean, I, I'm on your side yeah. on this one, by the way. I agree. Being told that I'm not allowed to dance, I, I'm fine with that. It's yeah. good because I can. I'm good. I, if I was you, I would just keep on doing that forever. I'd just be like, no, I can't dance because I might spread the virus. And I'll say that was ten years ago, Copes. <laughs> That's yeah, yes. but they said it. Like, it's, it's the law. <laughs> yes, but the risk is always there. I don't remember them like making it legal again. So just saying. Just saying, I remember it being being banned, um, and I'm quite happy to to not do that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually not even dancing at home now either. So I've taken it to the next level. Like, not willing to do it in public or at home. But how different, eh? Two different sides of the world, and very different. Thing. One is talking about not dancing, and one is um, needing to clean every part of them after going shopping. Like that's very yeah. very different. I did. I did have a feeling at one point of just going. All those times I've been thinking to myself, do you know what I do? Pretty, I would do pretty well in a zombie apocalypse. So I'd make sure I don't, you know, touch anything and whatever. Make sure I'm not affected. And, I was, and as soon as I was doing this, I just realised, like, no, I'd be gone in five minutes. Like we all would be. We all we'd all think to ourselves, it's like you're whenever the large amount, larger amount of people than should have who have thought about what they were doing in a zombie apocalypse. You're all wrong. Or thinking about what you were, you go and hide in the hills and stuff like, no, you'd, you'd go shopping and be like, oh, I'll just go and pick up a bag of crisps before I go and like hide away in the middle of nowhere. And then you'd be walking out of the supermarket going, why did I touch that? What, did I, what, what, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, like they'd be on the news. They'd be talking about all this. Like when you go out, make sure you take an ax, like make sure you're in groups. Mm. You have more than two. Like you need to always have someone to be able to, get emergency like that. Um, pepper spray is good. It's still effective as zombies. Make sure you don't dance. Um, that attracts yeah. the zombies. Don't dance. Um, just the things like that on the news. We wouldn't survive. And we'd all be sitting there like, so if a zombie breaks into the pub, like, are we still allowed to finish our beer? Or, and how does that affect wearing a mask? Like, and uh, be a, yeah, like, I do. If I, if I have to give up on a beer because of zombies outside, like, do I get that money back? <laughs> or like, or is that like- and if I'm if I'm running away from a zombie? If I'm walking away, I have to wear a mask. But if I'm running vigorously, do I can I take it off then? Because vigorous exercise, you don't have to wear a mask. Like, what's where's the line about that? And then someone will be there going, but what about like if there's a cricket match and then there's <laughs> zombies on the outfield? Like, do they have to do they have to stop play or what? Or like, or is it an automatic power play? Like, how does that work with? That's what I was going to talk about. Scorchers are in the uh, in the final. Oh, I missed the last night's game. Did they win last night? Did they? Yeah, they won last night. Yeah. Well, they, uh, flo- they did it. a bloody smashing in the first innings. What was the, what was the end? Did we like bowl them out, or they just uh... Uh, you won by forty six runs or something? Okay. Nice. What Duckworth does that mean? Lewis. So you from the other side of the world, what does that mean for my home city town? It means you're in the final against the Sydney Sixers, who you lost Grand to final. less than a week ago. 
Yeah. Great. Oh, I, nice. I, I had no idea they had changed the format for the Big Bash League until they were talking about it on uh, Test Match Special um, and discussing this knockout thing. And then they explained it, and I, I thought, oh, that's not too complicated. And then I actually looked it up, and I was like, why have they made it such a really weird double elimination qualifier-like <laughs> format where fifth place plays fourth place, and then the winner of that plays whoever was in third place. First and second play together, and the winner of that goes straight into the final, and the loser of that goes into a qualifier who plays the winner of third versus the winner of fourth and fifth. And then the winner of that match goes into the final. And oh, I gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. Like, of all the weird, stupid double elimination <laughs> ways of doing it, it just doesn't... Like, it's just why? But yeah, it looks like... Scorchers have gone from uh, looking pretty, from us all giving up on them at the beginning of the season to uh, looking pretty good for themselves, aren't they? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too good at the start, but um, I'm happy to jump back on the bandwagon. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it all the time. <laughs> it's good. It's just the law of the universe. Like when good things happen, bad things have to, you know, <laughs> equate it. So turns out getting in the grand final was a big deal. So many things had to happen to make that happen. I, like cricket has been the only thing that I've been able to get excited about. Oh wait, no, the Six Nations is starting uh, tomorrow, so got that to look forward to Ooh. as well. Yeah, rugby, got some rugby. Yeah, yeah that's nice. rugby. Hopefully, it's going to happen. I remember a time when it was just like you could look at the sports calendar and just like, no, that's look at look all these things that are going to happen and they're going to happen. And now it's just looking at them going, Australian Open, mm, is it though? <laughs> It was, that was good. Like we have, obviously lots of the meme videos and stuff. And one was like a Djokovic was like super keen. He's like, count me in. I want to come. And then he comes over and he's like, got a blister in his hands. Like, oh, I've got a blister. I can't play. And then they said, oh, we really want you to play. Like, okay, I'll still play. It's just weird how like the apparently he had a blister that stopped him, was going to stop him from like after all the hoo-ha to like get it set up and have him play. I don't know. All of the uh, Australians around the world saying, "Why on earth are you letting your tennis players in when we're just trying to come home?" And he's there yeah. going, "Oh, just- actually, tennis is a weird sport because, man, do they they pander their audience, and especially like when it's a, a traveling tourney or a, you know, like Australian Open, like man, do they just say how much they love the crowd and they love Australians. And I'm, you know, in England, in Wimbledon, they just love the crowd and the players mm. love like, and most sports, like when the AFL here was pushing really hard to try and make their league happen amid all the cancellations, it really changed from like this sport being a national proud sport to being like, you guys are spoiled athletes, like they get paid too much, just like take a year off. Like the, the tide really changed in the attitude towards the sports players. But tennis players, people still have a love for. And I'm just wondering when it's going to turn where it's like, how many millions are we paying you to like push through with a blister after millions of, like, you know, it's, we're very, we think, we still look up to them. I, I mean, I agree, I agree with this, that elite sport actually exists at a point where it creates a sort, it creates a distraction or something for those of us who are stuck in lockdown to, you know, to do, like if things mm-hmm. are happening. And I've, I've definitely felt the negative effects of this where nothing's happening and I'm just, time is just passing without you know, anything happening. I, I, although one thing I have had is I've had nice, the uh, Cal Texas calendar keeping me company. So that's <laughs> ticking by far too fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like in some cases I actually feel guilty. I uh, feel not guilty. I feel bad for the, uh, the players because like the England cricket players, they, they're going to be in a bio bubble, but they're, they're going to be in a bubble for most of the year. And they're, they must be struggling. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's complaining about, oh, how do they get special treatment? Go, they don't really. They're just not allowed to go out at all. And if they go out, they're going to get fined. Uh, they're getting tests, what, every other day or something. And this, yeah, means that they, it, this means that they don't have to wear a mask on the pitch so they can actually play. You are making me feel bad because uh, I've come full circle <laughs> already. <laughs> because you're right. They, would, they have to like... <laughs> So much disruption with their family and they probably have most sports players have like young kids because it's that time of their life. Like it would mm. it'd be it'd be terrible. But then one of them breaks the bio bubble and you're like, what are you doing? All you had to do was stay inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it turns. So Copes, we when you, I started quite slowly this morning. Uh, uh-huh. and I've always uh, I can't remember if I said it on air, but I've definitely said to you that I 
did not I, I went to bed quite late and um one of the reasons mm. that happened is that's actually your fault oh sweet this happens more often um, than but, I would like, but yes, continue. Yeah, more, more often than I like. So, somehow my life has drastically changed by someone on the far side of the world. What have I done now? Oh, to, oh now, like you did this a long time ago. I was already winding down for the evening. I thought, all right, it's time to go to bed because I need to get up early in the morning and talk to coach. And then uh, I went onto the Warhammer community website and they said, we've got a Humble Bundle on for our books at the moment. What? And I was like, ooh, give that a little look, see? And then thought, saw that. And are you looking up now, are you? Maybe. <laughs> do, you some, do you want some cheap ebooks? <laughs> I'm going to suck up the bundles. <laughs> so I was on the uh, Humble Bundle website, uh, bought myself some ebooks, look very excited about reading them. Yeah, and I've now increased my pile of shame for books. Digital books, do you, there's no pile, so it's fine. No, it's ebooks, just ebooks. Well, it's not, yeah, it's like a list of shame. But that led me onto another one of my piles of shame in that I went through my purchases and I just I was just curious. I was like, oh, I wonder what was in the last Humble Monthly that I got, which was twen- uh, early 2019 when I finally got around to cancelling my uh, subscription to it. And I was looking at this and going, mm, I don't think any of those are in my, in my Steam library. And at some point, Steam stopped automatically pulling in the Humble Bundle mm. yeah, uh, things. So that meant that I then spent two hours going through <laughs> a back catalogue of Humble Bundles I bought literally years ago. And had no idea. Just going, oh, look, I own San- I own GTA San Andreas. I own Civ, Civ 6. I own Total uh, Dawn of War 3. And all these things and just going like, click, redeem. Uh, there were so many that I was scrolling through a, a couple of bundles and I would scroll through the whole thing and go, ah, I don't feel like taking any of those. I own them. They are there. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered copying pasting. Yeah, I can't be bothered to drag it from one window to another. <laughs> that was the kind of thing where I was going through it going, I need to go to sleep, but we're oh, just going to check one more. I found out I owe multiple games, which I'd considered purchasing separately, like this year, like Civilization VI, Dawn of War Three. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck if you already own it. All these things that I've just owned a license to, and it's here, and I've just been completely unaware. And ironically, you were up all night doing that and uh didn't play a single game probably nope and probably won't for a while um <laughs> they just went from one list to another it's yeah made my pile of shame of steam games even longer because i've told myself i can't buy any more games until i've you know got through a couple of ones i've already got how frustrated do you think game companies are like like all we want to do in our life is make a fun thing for our fans who look forward to doing it to play it and enjoy it and they're like, oh, what can we do? All right, let's, once we've finished after years, let's sell it so cheap. There's no way we can make money off it in a bundle. They'll, they'll all download it, download millions. And then three years later, he's like, all we need them to do is to copy the code and paste the code. That's all. That's all. And for the ones that get through that filter, they get put on. And then three years later, you maybe might install it and download it. Like we live, in, it's so, we're so spoiled for entertainment. There was this one webcomic that I was reading for a while and after they're still doing it, but the premise was that they would, it was like a, you know, man versus steam library or something. So what he would do is he would get the next game. He would play it for a morning, afternoon, day, whatever. Then he would make a comic strip about it, uh, record a playthrough of YouTube and do something else. But basically the idea was like his, his um, pile of content ideas was, was as endless as his Steam library, which is actually endless. I thought it was a fantastic premise for a, for a comic. So every strip was just a different theme. You just look at it and you think of it like if he's doing one of those a week and he's got 52 games, then that's a year already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I was to do that, it would take me even longer. Oh, yeah. Because I've got way more than 52 games. Uh, hundreds, Yeah. The problem is because on, on the Mac, I can't even play half of them because there are half of the PC versions. It's frustrating. That, that was a problem I had before, but I'm also looking at the list now, kind of go, like working out like, I didn't buy this game. You know, it just it was part of a bundle where someone just went, here's, here's a load of games. And you're looking at it going, I don't have, I have no idea what it's about. And Steam isn't very good at like having a description for games in your library and going, by the way, this game is, uh, it does this always. It's a really sort of management game. It just kind of just has the game. It's like, yeah, you know this game, you own it. Why would you want to know <laughs> what it's like? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm trying to work out if it's worth my time to install it. Remember this game that you bought six years ago? Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> Steam's little hidden black box. Like I, I didn't realize that mine was set to download and update everything in my library. And so when my computer ran out of space, I was mm. like, how the hell is my computer run out of space? Like, where are these ghost files hidden somewhere? And you open up Steam and just there's like 120 games all installed. <laughs> like, geez. I don't, I don't want to look at the count. All I know is I've got a lot of civilization. I also find in a similar kind of thing with books, where like if there's one book I've been looking forward to, and I buy it, and I wait for it, and I get to read. It's like the suspense of like just the waiting. But if I buy two books that I really want to read, you can't read two books at once. And so one just gets put on the bedside and the magic just kind of disappears from it because you're focusing on the one. So it's weird. Both things like the, just, the expansions, it's the timing that you that you get them that increases your happiness with them. I feel, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a case of part of the appeal of buying books is the idea that I might read them. But I have now said to myself, no more books until I've finished. Oh, I broke that last night, didn't I? Well, some could be said uh, Steam libraries are much the same. <laughs> yeah, Steam libraries are the same. You say, no more games until I've finished everything that I've gotten out, or at least I, until, at least until I've finished at least one. And then... <laughs> A couple of weeks later, someone goes, oh, by the way, there's a Humble Bundle on, or would you like this free game? You go, yeah, sure. And then that's it. You forget. And then a list of things that I'd be meaning to read grows. And I've now got uh, a climbing book, uh, a Warhammer book, and a crossword book on my bedside table, all Saturday just going, oh, when are you going to get around to this? And I'm thinking to myself, I've also got another climbing book that I'm halfway through. I've got <laughs> some, two running books to get through, and then I've got this and that. And then there's still, I've got a whole box of books like behind my chest of drawers, which is just sat there just going, hey, remember all these classics that you got because you thought it'd be, you know, make you an interesting person to read them? And I'm sat there going, well, War and Peace is in there. And I did mean to read that at some point, but God knows when that's going to happen. <laughs> If it's been sitting there for 80 years, it can wait another 80 years. Like, I'll get to it eventually. It's a classic. I remember on QI when they said that most people who claim they've read N1984 haven't actually read it. But I, So I, I am happy that at least of all the things out of that, I have read 1984, so I do understand all of the references to that. Hmm. And God, Orwell was ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, I had no idea. He wrote that in like the 50s. <laughs> and, and some of it was so spot on with. Took a bit of follow-up for my Mark's amazing morning routine. It's uh, last, I think last we talked, Mark was successfully getting up earlier and then playing video games the entire time. That's that's where we were. I think the last update was along the lines of you get, you convince yourself to wake up earlier by allowing yourself to play motorsport manager uh-huh. when you wake up and then end up staying in bed so long that you might as well have just stayed in bed. The good news is I think I've passed Motorsport Manager. <laughs> I don't want to count the hours in the app, but um, it's uh, definitely more than a 24 hours, I think. It's got a lot of, um, yeah, I'm now on the hard difficulty, which is fun. I've been watching you play on Twitch uh-huh. and I want to play it now. <laughs> okay. Oh, so is it good to watch on there or is it, I guess it gives you a taste of what it is. I feel, I mean, it gives me very much a sense of armchair motorsport manager because I'm sat there questioning your decisions again. Why you put them on, like, clearly you need to be pitting them two laps earlier or stuff like that. Or why are you pitting them on a- <laughs> Why are you pitting? Like, Go, why? I, I don't know anything. I've never played this game and I'm sure that if I was to play it, it would be just as bad. And then I'd go, wow, it's hard. But um, <laughs> no, I feel like without playing it, it gives me so much more license to just criticize every single one of your decisions. <laughs> Oh, my strategies are not sound. You got to remember, I'm a I'm a newcomer to this sport, and so like I'm learning through the game about the different types of tires. Didn't really know they have that much of an effect to <laughs> playing the game. So I've got a new reason to watch the the sport on TV, which I'm pretty excited. There's been a lot of drama outside of Formula One in this off season, and I can't wait to watch the Netflix show or next season. So yeah, I just, once I started streaming, I was like, all right, well, if I stream it, then at least I can kill two birds with one stone. I can play it and it's like, quote unquote, content, which is what the kids want. So all right, I'll, I'll save it for when I have time to do it then. And I got up and uh, I was like, oh, cool, I'll start swimming which was cool because I got a gym membership and that was all good until the world like Perth decided to close down and we couldn't go to the pool. I was like, oh shit, like I need to think of a, because I'm realizing what you've probably already realized is that if you've got like habits that rely on you being able to do what you want 
and then you, well, you say you're like your third lockdown, you kind of have to change your habits because habits are fickle. Like you have to have something that you can do consistently even when mm. roadblocks come up. Otherwise, you have to restart every single time. And so I decided oh, I need some kind of at-home thing. And I found this uh, app called um, – this is Mark's app of the month. Um, it's called – I don't even know what it's called. It's called – it's so good you can't even remember what it's called. No, because it's an acronym. It's called ROMWOD, and I think it stands for Range of Motion Workout of the Day. And it's very simple, and it's a paid thing. It's by the people that, like, do CrossFit stuff, and I'm not really into CrossFit. I don't really know what it's all about. I know people look bulk, but that's pretty cool. But I don't think I could be motivated to do it. But the app is basically saying, hey, people – exercise but they don't stretch and I don't stretch at all and I'm not flexible at all and it's kind of like a bit like yoga but without the spiritual side so it's just like uh stretching and so at night part of my bedtime routine is like rolling out the yoga mat in the lounge room and then by the morning I can just get up put this on the tv because it chromecasts and every day it's a different video and I found it quite uh, quite motivating for me instead of having like an app that gives you like there's heaps of apps that give you like a random workout but it's always like a animation or a photo or something but there's something about this how they've recorded a slick looking video for every day I know they batch do it but it just looks cool every time there's a different routine. And it's only probably like half a dozen stretches, but they get you to hold it for like two or three minutes. And uh, But been loving it. Hopefully seeing some some gains, some flexible gains. But um, So you'd recommend it, would you? Yeah, that's me. Do the trial and, and see what people think. But um, I'm, I'm not a flexible person and without fitness – sorry, without Frisbee – my exercise is a lot less, so I need to do something at home. I mean, I, I, I'll give it a look and try it out because I've been meaning to do more flexibility stuff because when I spend all day sat down, it's not good for you, and I spend a lot of time sat down. One thing that's occurred to me is that I've been really bad at getting up and starting to do things on the weekend. Every time uh, it start, you know, things start to open up again and I've started to make plans, they... It, you start to feel positive about it and go, oh, I can do all these things and go to all these places and then everything starts shut down again. It's like all these plans just get cancelled. Like, you can't do this, you can't do that, can't do that. And I found that's one of the reasons why it's got to the point of me just going, oh, why why bother planning anything because it's just not going to happen. Makes it very hard to, like, commit to stuff. So over the Christmas period, I've been very bad at exercising and I'm now really struggling at trying to get back into it. So I think that, yeah, yeah we've flexibility and stuff that's one that's just one of the many things that i need to go back and do i'm also very aware that at some point hopefully civilization will return and i can go and play frisbee again but this the one training session i went to since everything started to lock down we weren't allowed to do any marking we weren't trying very hard uh we were just doing throwing drills and even that broke me because my body was just like whoa hold up hold up hold up what's all this like sprinting and stuff like why 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 are you doing this you don't do this you just amble around the street for a while um so i'm thinking to myself i need to actually get back into that shape before i need it so that i don't injure myself mm-hmm. it's not so much getting a summer body you just need the body that's all yeah <laughs> yeah i just need to get back to the start at least all seasons body or four seasons body but that, it's it's working for you is it Yep, I've enjoyed it. I think I've realized because I have, um, I just canceled my gym membership and uh, I was all about, did it for a year and and loved it. And then I like fads and I think I've always felt guilty about that. But there's something about like something new is just interesting to me. And so the money that I save from like doing the gym, I'll probably like, like this app, it's not like, Cheap chips, not expensive, expensive, but it's somewhere in the middle. And I wouldn't normally pay for memberships like that, but it's almost like, uh, what if there's just a bit of money that you can put towards the next fad? That's kind of what, like, next fitness fad. That's kind of what my my thoughts are at the moment in terms of like not hobbies, but like getting fit. Because 
you somehow seem to be able to do it, but man, like going for a run is just not interesting. I don't know how to do it. And uh, it, for me, it would take like a new bit of tech gadget to like count my steps or something. That's what gets me interested. Weird things like that. I think with the running, the thing that gets you into it more than anything else is having an event to train for, like a running event. Um, I know some people are very good at just uh, running as part of their training for something else, but and they're the kind of person that makes it very easy. That they find it very easy to be dedicated to that and just say, like, I'm going to do all these things, and a part of that's going to be running, and I'm going to do this running stuff. Whereas for me, like, even though running is the thing I'm training for. I still going, oh, do I want to go outside? I'm sat down. Oh, it's dark. Um, and then, in, like, as soon as I'm not meant to be going out for a run, I'll be thinking to myself, all these people that don't like going out running, how you know, don't they know it's just really easy just to put a head torch on and go out in the rain, even though it's really miserable? And then I think to myself, I haven't gone out, even though it's really sunny. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard. it's so fickle. I don't know. As you may find out if you end up having to go into a lockdown game, we've all had to go through quite a lot of this recently and hopefully things will improve. And then we all need to remember at the end of it that the time was hard and that um, you don't need to, don't be too hard on yourself for it. Yeah, definitely got to take it easy. Like it's too stressful as it is. Did you have a, did you have an app of the, I don't have an app of the month because we were speaking about this briefly before we started recording. And I think my, my apps are a bit too niche really for that. Uh, I don't really have a fitness app or anything that I've been suddenly using recently. In fact, the most recent app I owned, well, no, the most recent app I installed is, is a running app. It's called race nation and it's to do with entering running races in the UK. So that's a bit, niche for uh, our our target audience also like the, the one before that is foreteller which is a narration app for gloomhaven i think niche like niche the more niche the better that's what i think there ain't nobody like thinking a stretching app is like entertainment <laughs> what's the gloomhaven like edition is that an official thing it is so it's foreteller they're a, a company that do uh, voiceover work for um, various games. Gloomhaven is one of the ones they do. They're just looking through that. They've also got Midara, which I've never heard of. Frosthaven's coming up. So um, I got that because we well, started trying to get back into Gloomhaven, play a bit more. It's a it's a really big game, so like it takes up the whole table, and leaving it out is just like you just a bit overwhelming. But I decided to you know just fork out and get the uh, narration for that because it's really cool to like have a professional voice actor with a soundtrack do the intro to each scenario instead of having to read it out yourself and then try and work out what the rules are like. It sets the scene a lot better. That's that's the kind of nicheness that I've been installing on my apps. Before that, it goes back to, I've got uh, an app for driving the Wi-Fi inside my van. Uh, Battlescribe, which is for building lists for Warhammer. And then finally to one that people might have heard of, which is I've I installed Among Us on my phone. But I find playing that is a mixed bag in that... God, the people who play Among Us are just trash. <laughs> I've said it the entire time I've been playing it, and one of the reasons why it took a long time to get into it is I really love the idea of the game. It's very much a game that speaks to me, but if you're not playing with a group of people that you know and are invested in that game, it's not going to go well. That was a foreign thing for me when I found out about like League of Legends back in the day, that like you know a game could be like half an hour, hour long, and if you left, you like significantly impacted your team. So you're kind of committing to the next, you know, next hour just in case it's a long game. Not that I played it many times, but I thought it was fascinating how they could get that kind of buy-in. Because what's stopping someone from just leaving? Nothing at all, yeah. They must must have a penalty system, I can't remember. Well, I see that. I think the way around this is we need to get around to organising that uh, Woof Woof Yum Yum Club game. Well, this is uh, the perfect opportunity. (laughs) Like, we need people we can trust, which, fingers crossed. Who are invested in the game and want to play, and then we'll start it up and we'll have a Discord going or something, and everything will be gravy. And Baxter will have renewed trust. Is it cross-platform? Like, if can we play on the computer? Other people play on the phone? Yeah. Ah, cool. So people have got no buy-in if they can play on the game on the, their phone for free. Yep, we can just get anyone ah. in on it, and it'll be great. Lucky everyone. You should go to puppiesandwatermelon.com forward slash club and we will put a post up there. See if we can get it going. I've decided that it would be good for my profile 
if I tell bad jokes so that when I say them in the right context, it's it's uh, they sound better because like if they re- if I read the bad comments, like man, there are bad jokes in the world, and then they read a comic strip, they're like, man, these are really clever, even though it's a bad joke. So, so you're trying to lower the bar by reading other people's much. jokes or your own bad jokes? I uh, know other people's. I would no, mine oh, are only okay. mine are only good. Yeah, I had one one bit of pride the other day. Um, I showed because I finished a strip and then I give, show Nat a look because I just want to show someone real quick, and um, most of them she's nice enough to smile. Um, but one time she told me that um she didn't there's Probably not my best, and I don't know. It was fair. It was fair. I didn't um, feel too proud, but you just don't want to hear it from someone, you know. <laughs> you just want someone to pretend. Anyway, um, turns out that uh, that comic strip got a twelve out of ten from a friend, and on Reddit, someone gave me Reddit silver for it. So I can't predict it. Like you think, I thought it was mediocre at best. So um, there you go. You just you just can't. Can't trust even yourself. I found that with some of our recordings. When we do the recording, I'll think back and I'll go, oh, there's not much. So I feel like this section did really land. And then I'll go for an edit it and go, oh, I actually did all right. And then, or it might even be even later when I release it and go, actually, this episode turned out better than I thought. And then there'll be some episodes where I'll, I'll be like, oh, do you know what? That section I did there, that was great. I can't wait to edit that. And I'll listen back to it and go, yeah, it didn't work. Cut. Yeah, I think you need you need the separation. Like I've been reading a lot of write, writing books and pretty much they say between like the first draft and the edit, like sometimes they say they just chuck it in a drawer and don't see it for like three months because you need that separation of from how you felt about when you made something to when you're going to edit it. Yeah, you need to be able to feel like you're in a space where you can look at your own work and just go, no, that, that's gone, that's gone, that's gone. No, change this, whatever. And and conversely, you've got to be willing to, like when recording, that you're not filtering what you say because otherwise you'll go, oh, I sucked last time. So it's creativity is a weird one. But three jokes. These are crack. I got this. I got this from a little from from Coles. It's called Little Treehouse. It was a little Coles book that they give. It's adorable. It's like this little book they give to kids, and I kept it. I'm always like this. It's self serve checkout. They're like, "Are you collecting the ushies?" And I say, "I don't know what they are, but I'm collecting them. I love whatever <laughs> I they now. give." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the whole book is horrible. I don't know what kid reads this, but the at the end they've got three jokes, and. Uh, here we go. These, these are actually really funny. I shouldn't have preluded it by saying they're bad. How can you tell if there's an elephant in your refrigerator? <sighs> you know when there's, a, when there's a joke and you think you've heard this one before, but you can't remember the punch. I don't know, Coach. How do you know if there's an elephant in your refrigerator? The door won't shut. <sighs> and it's the cartoon of an elephant in a fridge saying, so cool. It's bad. So bad. i hope my disappointment was sufficiently conveyed across the mic there what's gray and powdery ash instant elephant mix oh who wrote that who wrote that you can't even guess that who did last one i actually kind of think this one's good because they're coming for (laughs) why do you never see elephants hiding in trees i don't know guys why did you never see elephants hiding in trees because they're so good at it. Hey! <laughs> and then the photo, it's got a sign up on a forest that says some sort of forest. I'm not sure. It's... Anyway, so there's joke time. Brought to you by, I won't say the company name. Brought to you by this little book. Just loads of like dad jokes. Oh man. Like sometimes, that make, gives me faith because some of my jokes are better. Some of them are better than those. So all up from here. <laughs> Speaking of jokes, though, I've had been thinking about this for a long time, and I think this is either a business opportunity or just for you a lifestyle opportunity because do you right. know, in your life, do you know any Irishmen, like any friends that are Irish? I I have known Irish people in the past. Do any of them like drinking? Now, you see, I would hate to say that I'm pandering to stereotypes, but yes, Okay, yeah, it's just, all right, so step one is done. You know an Irishman, and you are an Englishman, and you like drinking. Do you oh, know no, any no. rabbis <laughs> <laughs> that like drinking? Uh, do, 
All I'm saying is if I was English, I would want to find an Irishman and a rabbi and they would be my drinking buddies. And every Tuesday, I would go to the pub and you would be the Englishman, the Irishman and the rabbi having a drink. Like there's, there needs to be an app that just partners these three communities together and says like, hey, I'm in London and I need a drink and I need an Irishman and a rabbi. It's like Tinder for drinking. There's, there's, there's apps for that, but that none of them have a filter to say, I'm an Englishman looking for the rest of the punchline. <laughs> it's an app, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, oh. Uh, I'm looking for a punchline. I don't know. There's just an opportunity there. And I'm almost willing to like... The more we talk about this, the more I want to set it up. So I'm, I'm just, I'm already brainstorming like forum ideas or just ways to categorize people. But there's something there. You're just going to have your profile saying, "I'm just, a, I'm just a setup looking for a punchline." <laughs> That's it. <laughs> or your Twitter is like, you know, Irish looking for these two, and you just wait for people to contact you. Yeah, I just need the rest of the troop. <laughs> Yeah, that's an idea. Please take it. Like, find those two people. So you want you want me to not only find and meet an Irishman and a, and a rabbi. No, that's not even the. What's the? Isn't it English an Irishman and a rabbi? It's an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman. Nah, not Scotsman. That's too easy. You guys are on the same landmass. Need a that's, plan. That's the. What, why is a joke? What? Where am I getting? Um, where am I getting? What, what did I say already? I, I guess there's also one where you would say something like a priest, a rabbi, and a oh, whatever. It's oh, maybe like, it's that. Maybe I'm getting my things confused. A French, a oh, French, English, and Irish guy walking. A Brit, a Jim. There's so many different combinations. Yeah, because right. that's that's it's it's a very well known format for a joke. Where you have three <laughs> people from different backgrounds walk into it, and then you just make judgments based on them. It might be just oh, a priest and a rabbi, and a, yeah, okay, so a priest and a rabbi. Just saying it's a great idea. That's all I'm saying. So all you want to do is you just want to create an app so that you can say, I need two people of very specific backgrounds so that we can walk into a pub just as a setup. And by uh-huh. the way, there's going to be a script. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to ask you when you come in. The thing is, I think the hardest person to find is the rabbi. So maybe the app's like called like I'm a rabbi and they're the people to find. Because to find like an Irishman that drinks is pretty easy. And same with the Englishman. So like the one in demand needs their own app. Do you have a quote? Uh, no, I can try and find one. What about, what about an ethos? Do you have an ethos that you could share with us today ethos how to live life well i had to set up my rules in chat for twitch the other day and it's like what kind of rules could you put in and all i could come up with was treat others like you want to be treated yourself all i could think of so that's my ethos I like this one because this is me right now. I don't know who it is. It is. I'm not an early bird or a night owl. I'm some sort of permanently exhausted pigeon. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I need a nap far more than I should right now. Uh-huh. And I can get up early, but that means I'm even worse at night. Well, I think that we should definitely as a society start to acknowledge that some of us uh, are just not morning people. And when we say that, what we mean is I can stay up a lot later and I'm very productive in the evenings. Just because I'm lying in, you know, staying in bed until 10 o'clock in the morning doesn't mean I'm unproductive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's not, let's not um, alarm clock shame anyone. It's, uh... no, that's, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's just, as a society, we think the people who get up early are more productive. But we're also ignoring the fact that they go to bed early. Now, some people, that just works. That's just how they are. But for some of us, it's very hard to try and do that because our bodies just like to stay up late and that means that I've got some stuff done at three in the morning if I woke up at three in the morning people would be saying wow you're really productive <laughs> yeah but if you stayed up till three in the morning yeah, yeah stay up until three in the morning do things suddenly you're weird that's true maybe that's the solution I should just stay up until six in the morning and then when I say I went for a run at six in the morning everyone goes wow and you go and then I went to bed <laughs> and then and didn't wake up till 4 p.m yeah exactly yep when I studied computer science at uni our lecturer or our head, head of a department he was like don't come in my I'll probably told you just don't come in my office before two o'clock because I won't be there like his whole he was living the coding mantra of like 
up till late and then sleeping all morning getting in in the afternoon he's like that's my life like if you want to see me come in when I'm awake alright it's been good talking to you guys alright the sun is starting starting to come up here and it's starting to get uh, light so I feel it's time for me to actually go for that run that I was meant to do yesterday hey yo and I feel like you should stay indoors oh yeah till yeah only got a few hours left we'll see yep alright stay safe everyone See you on the other side. it.